Welcome to episode number 46, Get Lifted. This is the Rotated Views Podcast with Jimmy Lee and the crew, giving you life from various perspectives. Welcome to our level. We hope you enjoy the views. All right, you're now tuned in to the Rotated Views Podcast. I am your host, Jimmy Lee Velez. I'm in the studio with Manny, you. Gabe, and special guest, Evan Snydman. Hello. <laughs> episode 46, Get Lifted. In this episode, we have special guest, personal strength and conditioning coach, Evan Snydman, creator of the Snydman Training System. Nice. We discuss the fitness training business and industry. The benefits of getting a personal coach, why size does matter, mm. advice for parents living vicariously through their kids, mm. competitions, genetics, and the reality of getting massive results. We wrap the episode up with quotes from Kai Green and Jay Cutler. All right, if you're new, thank you for joining us. Don't forget to download and subscribe. We drop a new episode every Tuesday morning for your listening pleasure, and we like to kick things off with a definition from dictionary.com and I pick the word train. They define it as to get oneself into condition for an athletic performance through exercise, diet, practice, etc. Not a uh, not a form of transportation. And not a form of transportation. <laughs> very good, very good. All right, so for this week's story, uh, episode 46, Get Lifted, uh, special guest Evan Snydman, we have uh, from bodybuilding.com, titled embarrassing gym stories <laughs> uh, so i went through this website and i was just laughing and honestly i what i picked are like decent but there's like funnier ones but you know we had to make it you know appropriate uh, appropriate for the episode <laughs> but uh i highly advise you look up embarrassing gym stories um it's pretty funny uh, so the first one goes like this I ripped one on the Smith machine doing squats when my boyfriend and his friend were standing a few feet away having a conversation. Needless to say, their conversation turned into hysterical laughing. I was so embarrassed that I got teary-eyed. <laughs> so she ripped one. That's, uh, that's a, that, that is actually kind of funny. And I could see that happening. Oh, sure. Especially in that's a squat, not like squat a, position. You kind of go down <laughs> and you, get, you, you tense go. up. Yep. Evan's yeah. giving me the, the yes. The not. The head. <laughs> You've oh, been yeah. there. You've been there, Evan. Especially, it also started. depends um, uh, if you if you some people take protein or any any kind of supplement prior that that kind of, some some proteins uh, make you gassy, uh, depending on you know that that's true, right, Evan? Oh yeah. So I mean, way way for way for me, most ways upset my stomach. So automatically, yeah. if I'm drinking any way or any kind of dairy before the gym, it's game over. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's a relatable story. All right, and the second one is goes like this. Uh, my friend tried to skull crush with the same weight I was using. On his second rep, he was bringing the bar down real slow, and it just slipped out his hands and hit him on the forehead. Bam! He was out cold. I couldn't stop laughing. Um, the reason why I picked that one was because there's nothing worse than tra having like a training partner who's like way stronger than you and oh it's either annoying or embarrassing it's it's annoying because either you have to keep swapping out yeah, weights right. and the plates and it just gets it's too much it's more work than anything mm -hmm. and it's annoying because you feel like the whole time it's this weird competition uh but it's a good thing because you get to push each other right, right. uh when you have it's it's good if you do have a training partner my uh non-professional advice is get someone who's relatively either a little bit stronger or a little bit weaker. Not massively stronger, not massive. So unless it's a personal your, coach. So someone yeah. in your range. Yeah, because it's too much. It's, it's more work than anything. It's not fun. That That's funny. I have a story that literally had one of my worst fears come to life because of that. So I'm on the bench next to a guy, and I'm doing not, not the weight he's doing. So he needed a spotter. He was yeah. maxing out. And the whole time I'm thinking to myself, just don't ask me. Just don't ask me. Just don't ask me. Hey, bud, you wanna you wanna spot me? Sure. You know, came <laughs> over, and he had like four plates on each side. Right. So I don't know what that weight is off the top, Evan. Forty-five. That's what. 
405. Okay. So immediately I'm already like, I'm nervous because I'm like, oh my God. And he's been pushing himself, right? So I go, I stand there and I'm thinking to myself, if, if this guy fails, it's going to, I'm not spotting anything. So I'm standing on top of him and he goes down, he goes one. So I think we're done, right? And he's slow coming up. Like he's creeping. He's like literally shaking. So I go and put my hand underneath. I'm like, all right, come on, get it up. And the whole time I'm thinking, come on, God, just breathe. Let him get it up. Let him get it up. Because I'm sweating at this point and I'm shaking. I'm shaking because I'm trying to help him up, right? So he gets it up, you know, fairly easy, locks his elbows out. He goes down for one more. And in my head, I think, oh, no, because he's not going to make it. I literally stand up over him. And my area, if it, if you know what a bench press is, my my region is in his face at this point and he's screaming and i'm just nervous as hell shaking like come on get it up get it up get it up he comes up he literally stops like halfway through and i just i said forget it i damn near deadlifted the thing i was like ah, i just pulled the whole thing up and he's like oh he started screaming and i'm like yeah yeah i'm like oh my god thank god because if he fails guess what if he fails as the spotter yeah. Who's who's the one that everybody's looking at? Like, damn, yeah, you yeah, let it fall fine. on him. Yeah. yeah, I was doing 135 pounds on bench. You gonna ask me doing yeah. 405? Oh, one of the worst experiences ever. I was yeah. so I was sweating. I couldn't even finish really my workout. I finished, and I was just like, I was dazed and confused. I was like, all right, I gotta go. I was soon after that I left. I was like, oh my god, that's funny. There's so many um, uh, stories that happen um, at the gym, uh, Chooch. AKA Evan. If I say Chucha, that's what I call Evan. But anyway, so last time you were on our episode, you talked about how you became a personal strength and conditioning coach. But for the people who did not get to hear uh, that episode and do not know who you are, explain to us who you are and what you do. Uh, and, you know, briefly. Oh, uh, well, my name is Evan Snydman. I live out in Bakersfield, California. I'm a personal trainer and a strength coach at NOS Power or National Strength, uh, what is it, National Academy of Strength and Power. It's a uh, privately owned gym that's uh, continuously growing right now, uh, starting to get bigger names coming, wanting to come into the gym as far as lifting brands go. Uh, Iron Rebel has uh, sparked their interest now in the gym, which is a pretty well-known nationally known brand yeah. for lifting in general. So I've just been doing that for, it's been literally a year pretty much a year now i started last february so yeah it's been going pretty well and then so you're yeah but you're coaching uh how long have you been coaching altogether from the east coast and west coast put together? Uh, from the east coast on uh one two three about six years now yeah it's it's been a while cause i remember one time he uh me and him caught up just to catch up as friends do here and there and we went we ordered um hoagies uh, for the rest of the world, subs from uh, where did we order them from? Primos. We ordered them from Primos Hoagies, and we ordered these big things. We sat on like his living room floor, and it was like you would have thought we just got done exercising, but um, actually, I got him in between. It was like a I had a day off, but he was in between clients or whatever. And even then, that was like in the beginning stages, still, right, of your career, kind of in the yeah. middle. It was like kind of in the middle. I yeah. guess it was like it was two. Yeah, he was like two year, year two or something in and. It was interesting seeing he was like already like um, one thing is seeing someone involved in the, you know, in the sport themselves. Uh, and then the other thing is them seeing so being so passionate that they're, you know, making um, a business out of it or, or an income off of it by teaching others. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, you, you've been doing it for a while. So going from the was there a major difference aside from losing all your clientele, obviously, uh, was there a major difference from people, though, from East Coast to West Coast? An um, atti attitude towards it? Because when me and my wife went to California, and I don't know if this is a specific portion of California that we went into, but there was literally no fast food restaurants like the classic McDonald's or Burger King or down there. They had everything was like yeah. health driven, um, which is fantastic. It was just very different. Mm -hmm. um, so is, are, is there attitudes towards uh, working out different or is it just the same thing? Just. So, I mean, the attitude is different to an extent. I mean, anyone who comes in wants the personal training, strength coach, et cetera, you know, they're looking just to get better in general. And a lot of the clients I get personal training wise are looking for the weight loss mainly yeah. along with, you know, gaining strength and all that. Uh, the eating portion they kind of get, but they don't know. They're kind of ignorant to it because they have an understanding. Well, if I eat better, 
but they don't know exactly what better is. They they think, oh, I can have my just basic three meals a day and I'll be good with maybe a snack here or there. But in actuality, you have to really eat about five to six meals a day, true meals, weighed out, portioned and everything to be able to hit your goals of even weight loss. So they were – most people who come in are in disbelief that they can eat six meals a day, be anywhere from 2,000 to under 2,000 calories, feel full – and still maintain losing weight on a continuous weekly basis. That's fascinating. So you're a coach. Do you, would you consider yourself a coach or a trainer or both? It doesn't uh, I consider myself a coach more or less because I run everyone through the same template. It's yeah. just spe- spe- it's specifically uh, different per individual, per what they can do when they come in. So you tailor uh, their exercise and the whole, the whole regimen to that, that specific person? Exactly. Um, yep. So what would you say someone's out here listening saying, well, what in the world do I need a coach for? Um, what, explain to us the benefits of someone having a coach. Uh, first off, technique. You know, so many people will put the squat in with having bad knees when in actuality it's actually great for your knees when done correctly. The problem is people don't understand how to perform the movement properly and the mechanics that go along with it. Right. So te- you, know, you can only watch so many, you can only watch so many videos, but if you get a uh, if you hire someone to coach you through the actual movement to break it down for you bit by bit, it makes a ton more sense and it's able to be learned and achieved a lot faster than watching YouTube video after YouTube video of just people performing a lift and trying to explain it on a video. Yeah, and I, I mean, me personally, I would say I'm, I'm sure a lot of people do this. Uh, one one tip uh, that someone gave me, which I I I hold I honestly hold dearly, and it's the reason why I work out in the morning. He said, "Work work out as soon as you wake up." Obviously, you got to do some stuff in between, but uh, before your mind figures out what the heck is even going on, which I love because that works for me. Everybody's different, but uh, anyway. So uh, one of the things is when he said, "What before your mind figures it out." And plays, you know, tricks on you and basically comes up with excuses. Yeah. Exactly. So for me, I think a huge benefit of having a coach like Chooch um, or anybody uh, would be for that, you know, that no BS kind of role where they're not going to come up with excuses for you, right? You're, you're pushing yeah. your clients, whereas if it was just, you know, maybe someone who's a little bit or maybe just starting out there, you know, we're nicer to ourselves, I should say, mm-hmm. and a little bit weaker on the end or coming up with excuses oh, yeah, as yeah. to why, Oh no, I, I must've, my breakfast must've been too big. So yeah. I can't lift that much where you have someone who's actually in your face, pushing you in a good way. Right. Oh, absolutely. You know, I try to be blunt, but make it fun at the same time for everyone who comes in and, you know, I work with, I don't want to, it's not supposed to, you know, it's, you're going to work. That's what it is. You're coming into work and get better. But at the same time, it should be something you can enjoy. Almost like a stress reliever. As such, you know, you don't want to have to come and be like, oh, here comes job number two or, you know, or job number one. If I, you have to go in after, you know, go to your real job after you're done at the gym and everything. So you're not your, your style. You're saying like as a coach, you're not necessarily a drill sergeant, but you're hard enough on them to push them. But you're not you don't want them to be pushed so much where much they're I'm, over I'm, the edge. Yeah, I'm, I'm just I'm not going to give in to oh, I'm tired. Right, <laughs> pretty right, much right, you know, right, right. let them just have an excuse for themselves but the biggest thing about getting a coach too is the accountability yeah. you know you pay for a service and everything and that's one of the biggest pieces you know the first biggest part hardest part is probably walking in the door yeah that's probably number one right there walking in the door is really tough for a lot of people and you would think oh it's no big deal you're just going to the gym but you have to actually think about it you have to actually drive go there talk to the person have a consult you know really and that's that's the biggest step. Once you get through that step, usually the person's mind's made up. They want to coach. They want to get better. And as they keep going along, now you're holding them accountable for everything they do, everything they eat, everything they lift, etc. So, so Evan, when when you're when you meet your, you know, your I guess your trainee, do you get a feel for that person up front and say, okay, this is the type of you know personality they have? Do you cater to the their personality or you you're just Evan and you know they chose you or they got you so how much you know how flexible are you in, in kind of your training tactics when it comes to personality uh, well you have to as anybody anybody trying to help anyone out you know any client you get or anything like that you have to be able to be flexible you can't just 
You can't be stern and stubborn in your way. You have to be able to bend here and there. So I'm going to be me to a certain extent, but also I'm going to be able to bend if that person has certain needs that they need to be met and everything like that. You know, maybe it's an, it's an, uh, an older woman or an older man, you know, they don't move as quickly or they have a problem with their hip, knee, et cetera, already coming in. You have to be able to bend and say, okay, let's do this instead of this, you know, not just let's go as low as we can to the ground for a squat or you're going to pick this 200 pounds up right away, mm-hmm. you know, or I'm not trying to push someone who's, who's, uh, pretty overweight into wanting to quit after the first week and trying to bury them with conditioning right away. You know, you got to be able to bend as the end of, as each person comes in, but I'm still going to push them nonetheless. I'm still going to be me and I'm still going to, you know, give them the best opportunity to become better as quickly as possible. Right. So, uh, does any excuse stand out as, you know, being one of the best or funny or, that someone has given you as to why they should not give a hundred percent, why they didn't show up. You know what? I actually have pretty good people. I'm, I have right now at this moment. I don't really have too many excuses. Yeah. Even if I tell them, even if they're sick, I tell them I still expect them to show up unless they're like dying in bed or they have a high fever. Those are pretty much the only two two times I expect them that they wouldn't show up. But, yeah, you got to be dying or have a 104 degree temperature. That's the only way you get out of it. That's awesome. And you got to prove it to me by coming know, in a girl. Plenty, there's plenty of times I've, I've been sick myself and it's just from self-experience. And I've, I said, screw it. I'm just going to go train. I'm going to do what I can do. And I end up coming out feeling better, you right. know, to an extent, sweat some, sweat some of the stuff out. And, but ty- I'm tired. Uh, I'm hungry. Uh, <laughs> I mean, but when is a grown person not hungry, though? Mm. I mean, unless you just literally you, ate. I, I feel like we're always hungry. That's hysterical. I've heard, I've, I've heard blatantly, I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I just laugh. All That's I can great. do is just laugh. And then I say, okay, let's go. Let's keep moving on. That's great. What but, um, I mean, the rapport. Each each client, you build a good rapport with them. You know, if you're good at what you do, yeah. you build a rapport. It's like any client clientele biz, business. You have to understand who they are, where they come from, you know, what kind of work ethic they're going to bring, and how you can help them be better at that work ethic. So building bef- them up. So before the training, uh, and what we're talking about, this is basically your Snydman training system, right? So you have like a consult yeah. with them. They have a consultation with you as a coach. You guys kind of go over, I guess, generally what their goals are, and then you provide them with this program, whether it's weight loss, strength and conditioning, whatever it is. And then, um, do you give them like a time frame? Like this is going to be, you know, a five month training program or is this an ongoing thing or ha- how does that work? You know what? I never, I never hold it in. I have no contracts. I have nothing like that. It's literally month to month, uh, minimal two times a week. I make them, that's the, the only thing I make them do. It's minimal two times a week. So we can at least hit one uppers day, one lowers day. Gotcha. Um, I let the, I let the training and the nutrition speak for itself when they're doing everything, because I know what I do and what I give them will work. So I'm always going to, they're always going to get worked and get the most out of it when they come into the gym. The other half of it is them putting the work outside the gym, pretty much the nutritional aspect of it, you know, prepping all your meals, not eating out every meal, uh, making sure you're ready for the unexpected with your meals and, you know, just getting little things in like extra walks and stuff like that. You know, I usually give people about five to start them off, you know, walk five to seven miles outside of the gym, you know, a little extra, extra curricular activity, you know, boredom's a big part of why people eat so much too. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm bored. What, what can I do? Oh, let's go see what's in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Let me, let me work my mouth a little bit. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yes. So is, is there, is there something future clients or current clients can do uh, or expect when going through the Snydman training system or any coach uh, that has like a system? Is there is there a way they can be prepped for this or is this something like you basically, if you're going to hire me, the least you can do is show up two times a week and follow through with the training? Um, I mean, I can't speak for other coaches and everything. Everyone has their own system, how they do things, nutrition they give out, yeah. you know, I guess what, what their background is and everything. But when they come with me, just they can expect to work. The clients I already know, I mean, I have uh, two, three, I think I have three women, three women who have lost 30 plus pounds in a matter of like a six month span. I have one girl who lost 40 plus pounds right now in the matter of like seven month span. Wow. You know, they're only getting stronger. They just I keep them working, you know. And you, they, they'll come back. They always come back because one, it's one, it's a good, great stress relief. Most of them love it because of the stress relief. You know, it's a way to get away. Yeah. Even though you're work, you're working, it's like 
their way for that hour and a half they're there just to not have to deal with any stresses of life. Just they're there for themselves and to better themselves only. So what was uh, – is do you have like uh, one of your clients that was like your favorite um, as as far as you you were so impressed with, you know, with, with them, the outcome, or that was just flat out just inspirational? Do you have any of those or just kind of – I wouldn't say it's a favorite. You know, I try not to say, oh, you're my favorite because then you start kind of looking at other other clients you have and you're like, oh, she's coming in or he's coming in. Oh, I don't, I'm not looking forward to this. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> one, that stands out, one that stands out is this woman turned 60, uh, had recently lost her mother, had been – had two pretty had really serious cancer in two different spots wow uh she recovered she was fully recovered and all you know uh and she was just down you know during the consultation she was crying and everything and i really felt for her you know i that's why i was talking about building a rapport with your clientele you have to know your clients you can't just let them come in and they're just they're not cattle you don't bring them in put them through a routine and just send them on their way back to the back to the farm right so she worked her butt off. She's one of them who's lost 30 plus pounds and still is just busting her butt, loves it. Comes comes with me twice a week, comes three other times a week. So I just give her stuff to do when she comes three other times. So she's coming five times. Wow. She could and she if the the shape she was in was ridiculous. She couldn't she couldn't uh, like sit down onto a bench, a regular bench and get up for one barely. Oh wow. Now now she's squatting like 100 pounds on her back. To a, to a low box, below parallel, you know, and loving it. It's still work. It's hard on her, you know, but she's doing a ton of stuff she couldn't do. She never even imagined she could do. Hmm. She's loving life. There's a certain glow. Her daughter, I, who I talked to, actually, I do online pro, I've done online programming with, uh, even said there's a certain glow to her that she just comes and like it radiates off her now that she didn't have for so long just because, you know, the weight loss and she was down for so long. But, you know, everything turned around for her once she started losing weight and just feeling better automatically about herself. So I mean that's what coaching's all about, right? Yeah, I mean absolutely. that's it doesn't really get any better than that. That's I mean I know you have to feel like fulfilled to some level with you know seeing someone because that's beyond the physical thing, right? It's when we talk about even success principles and, and reaching a certain goal. It's not the goal. I mean Tony Robbins says this all the time. People go after things because it's the goal. Let's say for example, a house or a specific car. Uh, is one of your goals and when you get that house or that that car or you you get that degree it's not the actual goal that you meet necessarily it's the process and it's the person you become along the way i'm sure this lady this client of yours is more of a mentally uh strong than she's ever been oh very much so she's just always in good spirits now coming in you know she's she's never she used to be so anxious coming in and everything and now she's just let's go she's a go-getter she's positive she's ready to work every time she comes in with a big smile so do coaches have coaches i mean i always find this fascinating because i know my coaching or you know uh my training isn't you know into the physical sense but it's it's the the self-motivation stuff I'm constantly learning from people and constantly learning and improving, you know, my style and uh, my knowledge base. Is that something? Do do trainers have trainers in in the fitness world? Yeah, to an extent, it's not so much trainers have trainer, more coaches. Coaches, you'll have a you'll have coaches and everything. You know, like the the saying, "Iron sharpens iron." You know, co- coaches sharpen coaches. There's plenty of coaches out there with tons more experience than I have that I try learning, reading from, watching videos on. A, uh, there's a summit at the end of February I'm going to for uh, strength coaches. You know, there's going to be some great speakers there. There's both the uh, San Francisco 49ers and New York Jets uh, strength coaches will be there. There's going to be some doctors with, you know, nutritional backgrounds. Some I think physical therapists, too, are going to be there. So I'm really excited about going to that, you know, just learning more, understanding more. You know, you never can learn too much. I love that. Too much. I absolutely love that because that that goes across the board. Again, we're talking about success principles. No matter what industry you're in, here you go. You have a fitness coach basically doing the same thing that I do. I go to seminars and whatever you call it, all kinds of stuff, webinars, seminars, whatever you yeah. want to go to, uh, levels of different levels of training is what I really want to say. But um, and it doesn't matter. There, even if you're in a car industry and you're a car club, they have car meets. Mm. They have all kinds of stuff. Uh, 
uh, swap meets where you can buy more parts for your cars and to, to improve them and you're constantly having these uh, conversations or whatever it is uh, for the personal development industry you have these webinars where you're meeting up with experts uh, of the industry who are sharing their 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 knowledge even in the IT world they have like these huge summits right yeah. that they all show off what's new uh, what's new, the new upcoming gadgets, new ways of doing the things absolutely yeah you share sharing the knowledge essentially what is spreading the birth the so, wealth around Exactly. So then you have uh, Chooch, uh, who's a who's a physical trainer, um, a strength and conditioning coach that is going to the same things for sure. his industry. Um, so when they say success principles are the same across the board, that's a perfect example. Um, 100%. Yeah. So so uh, I, I have a question sure. for Evan, if I could. Chooch, in, 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 in your experience now, you're building your brand, right? You're now a coach or a trainer. Um how much of your own outward image um, do you take into consideration? I only ask that question because there's a trainer at the gym I go to who's not the most physically fit looking guy. Kind of at first glance, you're like, oh, man, I hope he's not my trainer. Um, how much of that do you take into account when you're you're meeting and greeting with these people and just in, in kind of how you carry yourself in the gym in general? Um. As far as me and other coaches, no, no, no. Just to your clientele, just to your clientele in general. How much of your, you know, how much of your outward appearance are you are you concerned with, um, or is it just you know? uh, from the physical, from a physical standpoint? Uh, I kind of know. So my sport, you're in the sport of powerlifting, or you know, strength and conditioning. You're not always going to have the most. They're not going to be the fittest, but they have to know. You kind of get a feel from what you're hearing, what if they know what they're talking about, mm-hmm. or they've been able to BS their way to the top or further along than you have so far. It's more of been they they've known people to be able to get in the spots they're in now. Right. Um, I mean, I have weeks where I, I probably look pretty. I look pretty big, or look I have a, like a stomach growing because you know because you're eating. So it all depends too. I guess the time of day when you see people. <laughs> you're going to be because I'm eating, I'm eating all day, so I, I'm going to look different from the morning time to when I'm with nighttime clients and everything. So I know I'm going to walk around, my stomach's going to be sticking, my abdomen's going to be sticking out and everything just because I've been eating. I've been putting in meals all day. Um, I think you have to take it with a grain of salt. It's kind of you, – you do your homework when you're going to go meet with co- other coaches, uh, nutritionists, etc. Uh, you kind of understand what their background is, what they do, what what's their life outside of what they do, like that. Uh, just take it with a grain of salt, primarily. You um, kind of know what their background is. But it, I, 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 I'm, I'm with. Um... Hmm. That's a tough one. I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that because if someone was my strength coach, right, and they're, you know, they're 95 pounds, uh, soaking wet. <laughs> so that's, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. With, with that being, said, you, got, you got to know their background though, because. If they're your strength coach, but they're a little guy, you're you're gonna know. I mean, even if they're littler, you're gonna know who this individual is. You should have done your homework. So that's yeah. shame on you if you're getting some little runt that's uh can't even lift <laughs> his own body weight. So I guess it depends you know, on the type of training you, you want. hundred percent soaking wet, and you come in and you go to shake his hand and he falls over. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess it depends on the type of training you're looking for that you understand what they what the parents would look like. Exactly. So if you're looking, I mean, say it's like Zeke for men or something like that, and this guy looks lean, super lean. You've heard of him. You kind of did your homework. That's kind of you know, and you're like, oh, he's coached other people to winning, I guess, different shows they've gone to. Mm. So then, like, that would be your guy. You know, I wouldn't go if I was looking for a strength coach. I wasn't. I wouldn't look for that same guy. Yeah. I mean, and you know, even if he's trying to promote that, even if it's like, I know I do Zeke and I do strength coaching. Mm. It's like, well, what have you done for the strength game? Oh, you know stuff. You know, I lift the weight. <laughs> so I, I, I do. I, I, I guess I'm like in between with both because it's true. Um, you got to take it with a grain of salt. But at the same time, if if my brother, my brother's a barber and he has just like absolute awful, awful hair, hair right. and it's just all knotted yeah. and it just doesn't look like he grooms himself very right. well. That's like a selling point. This is hard because it's your physical body. So I mean, the people are just gonna judge right off the bat. Like, does this guy sure. look like he has some form of? Right muscle tone to him or size, uh, depending on what kind of coach you're looking for. Um, even, even in a professional, like the corporate area where are they dressed for the role? 
right? So you have somebody might come in with a like a polo and some khakis who's giving a million dollar presentation and trying to get um, like a Shark Tank deal versus you know someone who's more presentable in, in, in a suit, shirt and tie and and ready to rock and roll and presents you know the same level of uh, you know whatever it is product or service. And it's just that that first impression is everything. Mm-hmm. No matter how much we want to say it's not, maybe afterwards it doesn't matter. But the uh, the initial, I guess, like for the example, Evans doing the first consultation, that's everything. Mm-hmm. How Evans' energy, you know, going to the yeah. client, right? How he's talking to them, how he's presenting himself, what he's wearing. Um, on the other end, if Aaron, Evans going there, he has like a shirt and tie. It's like, well, this yeah, is also right. weird. This is not for this. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I do. I, pe- people were smart though. I, I feel like people will eventually pick up. You can only get, you can only scam someone. I feel like so far until them or someone else is going to realize, like uh, maybe you should pick another coach. All right, so what? Ev- why? Why strength? Strength and you know uh, why be a strength coach and 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 what? drives you to become stronger and stronger at least strive for that uh i just think strength is at the base of any goal that you want to accomplish whether it's weight loss gain uh look better uh feel better function better you know just imagine the 65 year old the 70 to 65 to 70 year old woman who has a hard time getting in and out of her car you know simple something simple as strengthening her legs up her hips up uh by doing air you know squats to a box will make her life that much easier. You know, it's something that's basically that. The guy who wants to compete in powerlifting, well, you know, you're going to get, you got to get him stronger. He has to, you know, build up. So those are just some examples. You know, anyone who wants to lose weight, the more lean muscle you carry, the more calories you burn at rest. So if you're burning more at rest, you're going to burn even more when you're active. Yeah, so going going with that, so the strength is across the board is needed for whatever your goals are overall. How important is someone's inside game when they're, you know, approaching a new, you know, physical regimen, whatever it is, like their their, their uh, mental, like their mentality going oh, into me- it? Yeah, mentally, I think they just have to be open and ready to work for the most part. Listen to what your coach says. Uh, he, you you hired you hired this coach. You you hopefully did your homework. You know you've. Most likely, it's by word of mouth because that's usually how most of them get out and get around. So when they're coming in, you just have to be ready to work. Do what they say. Trust in trust in them and trust what they're telling you to do in and at, inside and outside of the gym. Trust the process. So does size matter and why? Uh, size necessarily doesn't matter. You know, size can be put on. Sometimes people don't want to be bigger either when they get stronger, you know, more towards the guys. Yeah. You know, they want to try to get stronger, stay the same body weight, maybe put some muscle on, but decrease body fat. So you lose a pound of fat, you lose, you gain a pound of muscle, you're, you're going to stay the same exact weight. It really doesn't matter. I mean, if you're going to get stronger and you want to continue to get stronger, you do need to get bigger. With getting bigger comes body fat. But with that said, you also can get bigger, put body fat on, put muscle on, and then lean out, and then continue the process, you know, full circle again. Put more size on, more muscle, more fat. Cut the fat. Start over again. So, so how? You keep doing that. So, not to cut you off, Evan. How how concerned are you as a coach um, with the scale? You know, what do you tell your clients when people are so enamored with? Oh my God, I lost a pound, or I lost this. Are are, are you more focused on how do you feel, how do you look, how do your clothes fit, or you know, um, what, what do you? What, it, go ahead. Depends where the person's at. So if you have some a leaner woman who has a little bit more, you know, you can tell in her thighs and her stomach, she has a little bit, carries a little bit more, but overall is just leaner built already. She's not very big to begin with. Mm-hmm. Then the scale's going to be okay in the beginning for, you know, a few pounds as you go along, but then it's going to be more about the inches. How are your clothes fitting? Are you moving down a size compared to the women, the woman who's coming in and obviously has a, has a more of a big problem overall with her weight and you can just tell right off the bat and that's why she's coming in you know to talk to you you mean you still you still you know inquire hey what's your goals what are you looking to do but you know in the back of your mind weight loss is number one Mm -hmm. you know just get healthier along the way so the scale is going to be more important for the women um obviously heavier heavier set coming in uh but if the leaner you are coming in it's not going to be about the 
the scale. And even so, going even with the bigger women, you know, you, you work to get them stronger too. So they're going to cut off inches, even if the scale doesn't move, say, for two weeks or so. Mm-hmm. But they've they've gained like they minus three inches off their waist. You know, that's a huge plus. And that's what you have to keep reminding them that it's not all scale, especially for women. Women's huge because they'll cut size in their legs, arms, waist, etc. real fast, not even realize it, even though the scale hasn't moved much, whether it be half a pound, three pounds or zero pounds. All right. So um, interesting stuff. So just to change, uh, you know, switch gears here. Um, I follow you on social media. Obviously, you're a good friend of mine. And I see you, you know, getting ready for competitions and all kinds of stuff. What can you say about competitions? Why do you do them? And and kind of what's your mindset going in? I love competitions. I love them because I was uh, I've always been competitive. I played football in high school, college, uh, and afterwards I probably needed. I just was looking for something just to stay competitive in. You know, it was kind of hard going from you know you always work towards that fall season and then. After football, there was nothing. Yeah, I work and everything, but still not. That's not competitive, right? So I got, I fell, you know, I found powerlifting, and uh, it's even better to an extent because it's just you and the weight. It's one on one versus you. It's either you're going to get it or you're not going to get it. And there's kind of like a, an adrenaline rush every time you're on the platform. And I even get pumped up for you know clientele that I take to different uh, competitions and everything because it's really exciting to see them progress and their eyes light up and them get pumped up you know just to hit one lift you know yeah. one significant to them it's just them in the bar and it gets really it gets really intense and it's really awesome. So what what's your mindset the day of a competition like as you're you're in the midst and then you know they announce your name or how however it goes you know it's your turn what's going through your head. Uh, beginning of the day, I'm pretty calm. I usually start the day, me and me and the wife will go, we'll just go out to breakfast, <laughs> grab some pancakes and stuff. And I'm just calm, relaxed and everything. And I really won't turn it on until we start warming up and everything. I throw the headphones in. And then when I'm about to go, it's kind of like you, uh, you zone out almost like you put blinders on like a horse Yeah. and it's just you and kind of, you phase every, all noises, all sounds out. And you kind of just, you wait for the commands to squat and then to rack the weight when it's squat. And, you know, you, you bury it, you come up, you see that you got three white lights, even though you need, you hope you look for three white lights, you need two out of three. And, uh, after that, you know, it's going, it's going back to the seat and trying to relax and calm down, bring your nerves down to settle a little bit. Cause you don't want to stay hyped up or you don't want to stay amped up continuously the whole time. But it's like, you know, regathering yourself and then getting yourself up again for the next lift to come within like eight minutes or so not even so um i have i have a um you know family members who compete in powerlifting but in high school what do you say to the dad or the parent that's kind of living vicariously through their kid um or is just almost they're more involved than the kid is involved what what what, do you you see that happening or you know what's your perspective on that when i used to coach football i saw it more (laughs) I would see it more. Not so much with the strength training now, yeah, or any power or any competitions, but uh, it's not so wrong for the dad to live vicariously through the kid. But it's when he gets more emotionally involved yeah. that then it becomes a problem, and he becomes more into it and starts kind of pushing the kid into doing more and more, even if the even if the heart of the child isn't into it. You know, it's a different scenario if the kid's completely into it. He's as amped as his dad. You know, it's almost a father, father, son bonding experience, or you know, mother, daughter, whatever may have you, or father, daughter. But if the dad, if you see the dad's amped up and he's getting in the ear of the kid, and the kid, <laughs> the kid's sitting there and he's like, and he's just kind of like picking his nose, or he's over, he's about to cry uh, or something. There's a little bit of a problem there. Yeah. No, I agree. I, I think it's cool. I actually, I could appreciate on any level, any parent being involved in their yeah, child's life. Right. Um, I just, sometimes I do see, you do see every once in a while, you see the one person just getting, they might be a little carried away with it, but at oh, the yeah, same time, like, you got to love that they are involved in their kids, you know, life or, you know, whatever it is. And they, and they just like, want the best. I think Uncle ultimately Rico. they want the best for their kid, but you know. Uncle Rico being able to throw a football over the mountain a mile away. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, so moving right along, what, what is there to be said about genetics? I, I just, I fail to understand. I 
her trainers themselves say that genetics do not play a part in physical appearance. And that is blasphemy, if you ask me. Not saying oh, that yeah. I'm not saying that it's all true or all it's wrong. already physically it's already been proven through th- multiple scientific theories, experiment, everything, the whole nine. It's already proven that genetics play a role. Now, okay, so let's just say back in the day, we'll just take Arnold Schwarzenegger, specimen, awesome, Greek god, etc. Uh, he he breeds with whoever the top female was at the time, you know, taller. Uh, strong, looked amazing, and they breed uh, one of the best kids ever. So he comes in, he comes he, by ten. He just looks awesome. You know, he's active and everything. <laughs> yeah. But he doesn't put the work. But he doesn't put the work in. Now you go older. You know, you have someone else that comes in, some Joe Schmo, basic kid, whatever, mom and dad, nothing too ridiculous about them. Um, he comes in, but he keeps putting the work in every year. He keeps working harder and harder. More, he puts more work in than. Arnold's son does. Right. Okay. So now that kid is eventually going to surpass Arnold's son because Arnold's son is only simply riding his genes of strength and, you know, whatever his parents gave him pretty much. Yeah. So hard work, the, the whole point of this is hard work will trump genetics if the genetics isn't willing to put the work in. Hmm. So there's no, you should never have that kind of. There's no wall there. You kind of, you can break through that glass ceiling or wall that that's in front of yeah, you as far as genetic is concerned. That's not going to be the truth 100% of the time. You know, right. you might have you, you know, but a lot of times you can genetics does play a role. Um, I mean, you, you look look at the sport, let's just go to football cuz it's most easily compatible with genetics. You know, you have these kids that are coming out of high school bigger and bigger. You have offensive linemen that are coming out the 6'7, 325 pounds. Yeah, right. You know, these are grown, grown men that are still children coming out of high school, you know, 17 years old, 18 years old. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's genetics for you. You know, there's no there's nothing that they could have done, you know, hard work wise to make them. So weight wise, yeah, they could affect it. But with that kind of size, not like they're fat coming out of high school, you know, right. they're just bigger kids. Work. That's it. Yeah, there's a um, uh, a book written by John Maxwell. And the title of the book is Talent is Never Enough. There's, um, It, it kind of goes along the lines of what you're saying, that uh, we all had the kid in high school who was always athletic and the talent was through the roof. And we all know really never practiced or sharpened his skills uh, and or his ability. And by the time we got to high school, we were either um, at the same level or some people were even better mm-hmm. who who genetically didn't have it as much as he did or she did, um, but ended up getting scholarships to colleges and this person didn't, right? And then you kind of see, do you ever see that? Does that ever frustrate you, Evan, where you see like someone who physically would be a, like a monsoon? <laughs> You're like, obviously, I know, I know people have like their own, you know, road to life or whatever. Not everyone's, you know, made for that. But yeah. there has to be like people that pass by, you know, they don't lift an ounce of weight. And they're just like, oh, Lord, if they were in the gym for, you know, six yeah. months, they would be monsoons. You know, it's funny. I seen a, I just recently started working with someone like that. He lifted some weights, played some high school football, but he, he works on his he's, – he's agriculture. So he's always been a farm – you know, working on the farm. It's look, it just looks like he's farm bred and everything. The kid's yeah. super thick. He's a big kid. He's like 260 pounds, you know, <laughs> probably like six – and he's just strong. He's just naturally strong. Yeah, It's yeah, ridiculous. Yeah. You know, yeah. he doesn't – and not that he ever hasn't wanted to put the work in, but he just hasn't, I guess, had the guidance or the want to want to lift weights – necessarily right. not that his work ethic isn't there because he, he's a farmer so having to be a farmer your work ethic you have no choice but to have work ethic so i mean working with him he's a workhorse too in the gym and he's just getting stronger and stronger real quick and it's kind of awesome to see yeah just this farm bread he's a far like you, you know you think corn, corn fed farm boy pretty much. <laughs> so what do you <laughs> say what do you say to someone who doesn't necessarily have the best genetics um you know, words of encouragement, we kind of touched upon it. For people like myself, for example, I have very, very, very skinny legs genetically. And it's probably probably the most thing I work out is my legs just because of it. What, what, What can you say about the process with or without good genetics? You know, the, like the process of, of getting to hitting your goals and, and getting maybe the size that you want. Because 
when you do have, I guess for people who do have, uh, and this, this goes beyond genetics, uh, when, when we're talking about weight training, some people just get it even when they hit the books. Like we, we, we've gone to, we've gone to Temple University and we've sat in classes where a lecturer said once and a kid retains yeah. it completely and doesn't have to study for the exams while we're in the libraries kicking, you know, books down and, and, you know, not eating for, for days yeah. on end, just studying our tails off. And that kid even scores better than us on this, you know, on a test. So what do you say to somebody who probably has to work harder for the results? Um, but it being worth it, I guess. Uh, I mean, not putting it to any one subject, just, just work hard, just put the work in continuously don't get frustrated don't let you know frustration is going to want to set in and everything if you don't see the results you know after a couple months or even after a year or two you know you got to put the work in and when you feel like you've put the work in and now you're starting to stall out that's the time you can get a coach no matter what it is it doesn't have to be the gym necessarily you know it can be an overall life coach it can help you guide you to the way you want to go you know it'll be a some kind of motivational coach you know it doesn't matter you just got to put the work in though when it comes down to it and, and when you feel, and when you feel, and when you feel you put enough work in, put more work in because that's all it's going to be. It's going to be more work. Evan, and, and sure. uh, you're from your professional opinion from doing it for six years. What's for the average person? At what point should they start to expect results or start to see or feel? Because a lot of people, you know, we're instant gratification. After two weeks, they want to feel like, oh, I should be in a size thirty-two. You know, after being in a forty for five years, like, no, that's not how it works. You know, what's a good barometer for somebody to be like, okay, I should really start to see or feel um, some results? At what point? Three months, six months? I say give it a month. If you're going from zero, if you're going from zero being nothing to mm-hmm. uh, like 100 miles per hour being, you know, just something basic a couple times a week, you're going to see results in a month, a month easily. And that's if you put the work in. That's not just going to the gym and doing a little something, chatting for a while, you know, that's someone who's just going to put the, putting some work in, but it could even happen in two weeks. You could see a difference, even if it's a small, uh, divot somewhere, maybe it's a little something different in your shoulders look better or your arms look better, your legs look better, et cetera. Go down the list. It's just a matter of how hard you, you put the work in and how, how far you're willing to go with it. Mm. So it shouldn't, it doesn't take long at all. It's just how hard do you want to go and how hard do you want to work? Awesome. So, um, in wrapping this episode up, uh, get lifted, uh, with our special guest, personal strength and conditioning coach, Evan Snydman. What, where is, where do you see yourself in, in five years or where would you like to be in five years when it comes to, um, you know, you being a a strength and conditioning coach and, and the Snydman training system? Uh, I'd like to be at least known on the West, at least pretty well known on the West coast. Yeah. in five years uh that would be that would be fantastic and awesome especially in such a industry that's kind of getting flooded by a lot of one-hit wonders or people who do a competition or some kind of competition and then call themselves some kind of fitness coach or strength coach you know without any kind of resume experience you can have all the uh certificates you want but if you don't put them to work and you don't have anything to show for them as far as working with people individuals and having any results from them then what kind of coach are you you're just someone who has pieces of paper to show and that means really nothing yeah and of course maybe some sponsorship yeah sponsorship would be nice that would be nice i know sups (laughs) can get expensive and food can get expensive that'd be nice all right so Actually, you know what? I have one more question. Do you have a um, like a like a someone that you look look up to? Like a like I know you had said Arnold Schwarzenegger. I highly doubt that's who it is, but someone who's in the you know maybe bodybuilding uh, industry or the strength um, you know uh, powerlifting industry. Is there someone you're like, dude? I want to be like maybe you know someone who was in the Olympics or something. Uh, not necessarily. I look towards older powerlifters and how they were built they they were built like they were just built ridiculously strong you know for a while their powerlifters were put on put on their way to look like yeah. they're just these huge fat guys who lift lots of weight you know yeah. and they didn't, didn't no physique or anything like that but now now they're starting to come out and look a lot leaner look like almost they could be a bodybuilder if they just you know cut a few pounds and could be re- stage ready yeah or show ready within a couple of weeks um just the older like eddie eddie Cohn's a big one you know, he, he had some ridiculous, ridiculous lifts, uh, 
back in his day. And uh, at such a, you know, 198 and 220 in the 220s. And these are like unheard of. I think he pulled out, what was it? 900, 900 pounds he pulled, I believe, in the 220s. That's 220s, wild. I want to say. That is wild. He was yeah, an so, ant, man. He was an ant. Yeah, he was Holy just ridiculous. Smoke. What um that reminds me of uh I remember one of my favorite shows uh to watch growing up was the uh, the world's strongest man. These guys were like holy smokes, they were huge. But they're not what you're saying like nowadays they are. They're like all ripped up and stuff. Man, these guys are enormous. Not only that, they're like six foot four. That's what always blew my mind, right? They were huge. These dudes are picking up these huge boulders. I know it's not nothing what you do, Chooch, but I just thought of that when you said that the older look, you could just tell like under those shirts was just straight muscle, but there was also thicker. uh, Bill Bill Kazmaier, or also known as Kaz. Like if you looked him up, you probably, you may have seen him before. He has abs, doesn't he? Yeah. he. You could like see his abs through his t-shirt. He was world's strongest man in uh, 80, 81, and 82. Yeah. Like, and he was just built, you know, in college, he was benching 600 pounds at powerlifting competitions. He did it all. It was crazy. Yeah. But these guys were just built as specimens. They weren't built sloppy. They were thicker, yeah. but they weren't like anything sloppy whatsoever. Or, like just, you know, disgusting. Yeah. They're, they're, you could just tell they had, they had definitely had shape to them. And you're right, dude. Like they could have changed their profession in, you know, in six months and could have been, you know, something totally different, which is fantastic. Um, so, all right, so let's wrap this up, uh, with two quotes, one by, uh, Kai Green and the others by Jay Cutler. So the first one, Kai Green, nothing comes easy, but as long as you're breathing, you're always one breath away from making your dreams a reality. Make every breath count. All right. And the last one from Jay Cutler, without self-discipline, success is impossible, period. So, uh, fantastic quotes, chooch. Creator of Snydman Training System. How can people get in touch with you? Uh, where can they follow you? What are your social media handles, etc.? Uh, they can find me on Instagram at uh, Evan Snydman, and on there you can. There's a contact. They have the contact button now. You can hit me up either email, DM. Actually, I put my number on there too for text messages or such to be able to get a hold of me. Uh, and you can even find me on Facebook. At Evan, it's at Evan Snydman as well. It's E V A N S N Y D M A N. All right, awesome, Chooch. Thanks for uh, for joining us. We had a good time. Yeah, man, appreciate you. Yeah, thanks a lot, guys. I appreciate it. Thank you. Absolutely. Episode forty six, get lifted. We had special guest, personal strength and conditioning coach Evan Snydman, creator of the Snydman Training System. We discuss fitness and the training business industry, benefits of getting a personal coach, why size does or does it matter? Advice for parents living vicariously through their kids, competitions, genetics, and the reality of getting massive results. We wrap the episode up with quotes from Kai Green and Jay Cutler. Thanks again for joining us. Guys, don't forget to visit the website, jimmyleevelez.com. Follow the blog. If you have any inquiries or questions you would like for us to answer on a future episode, uh, just email us at info at And on behalf of myself and the rest of the crew, we wish you massive success. And until next time, adios. The Rotated Views podcast was produced for self-development purposes. Thank you for the love and support. We truly do hope you enjoyed the views.